Hey, this is Dakota from Paralandra, and you are watching CMS TV. Chris Aiken presents, and I, of course, am Chris Aiken. And today on the show, I am going to be presenting a band that I'll be honest, I'm 11 years behind the eight ball on. I'm just discovering the band myself, but they kick ass, period. They are a great band. Um, if you if you like kind of, I hate doing the comparison thing, but if you're sort of in that hailstorm plush sort of thing, but heavier, I think. Uh, this would be a band for you. The band is called Paralandra, and uh, joining me on the show is everybody. It is Paralandra. Hi, guys. How are you? We're great. Hey. The whole gang's here. That's right. We got everybody. <laughs> so let's let's dig right into this. Um, I admitted it. I I was surprised that I usually know everything about everybody because I'm a total music dork, and I had not heard of you guys until. Um, Corey over there at um at metal shop told me about you and then i went back and i started listening i was like damn how did i miss this band you know you guys really have a great sound and if i missed it i'm going to assume that everybody else that i know missed it so why don't we start there maybe somebody grab the ball and um give us a little bit of history you know of the band and how we got to where we are today well, I guess it all started uh, with me and my dad here. Um, and back in 2013 was, I guess, the inception of the band. So we've been together, I mean, going on 11 years as of next summer. Yeah. But um, when I was in like middle school, high school, you know, I started writing songs. And uh, my dad has always been in bands for his, my whole life. So, of course, you know, I always go to him with my ideas. And anyway, then we kind of over the years started writing songs together and we were like, well, why don't we perform some of these songs, you know, just for the heck of it. And so we, you know, put together a band just for like one show and it went over really well and people really loved the songs. So we were like, well, maybe we should do this again. And honestly, just, we haven't stopped ever since then. So it's just kind of been this coincidental, really fun thing 
that we do for a living now. <laughs> sure. <laughs> no, no. Now I'll, I'll tell you guys outside of playing radio guy, I have a few businesses and I have my sons that work, work with me and that's not always fun. How do you, how do you determine when to be band guy versus when to be dad, you know, and, and play that game. Cause it is a, it's, you can admit it. The other three don't get it, but I get it. Yeah. Yeah. There's a certain way you got to do it. And so, and you can't be as harsh sometimes with your kid as much as you want to be. Yes. Right. Right. Yeah. You kind of have to feel it out. It was never something I like had a game plan for, but um, I will say this, like ever since she has been in this world, like little bitty, sure. uh, we have had a blast together. I mean, from the time before she could walk, I remember I couldn't wait to get home to play with this little girl. <laughs> and uh, so we've always just had a really good connection and loved hanging out. And so it's it actually very natural. And then as far as like now that it's become like a um, like what we do, you know, uh, it's. I kind of treat it like I, I highly respect her because she's also she's really talented. She's also very smart, um, very um, alpha and aggressive with, you know, getting things done. And so I trust her with this stuff. And I just kind of I just relinquish a lot of things to her because she gets things done and uh, very motivated. And so it's not that hard. And uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just it's not that difficult of a thing like you might think. Sure. Well, then maybe you should run my businesses because it's a whole different animal over here. <laughs> well, well, let's talk about the music, guys. Um, I, I know a zillion bands and they write one of two ways. They write music and then fill it with with lyrics or there's a lyric that inspires a, a song. And then the, the music comes together behind the lyric or the the idea of a lyric. How do you guys write, or do you use both depending on, you know, song to song? Well, these two are the primary songwriters, but I would say not being a primary songwriter and just guessing that, <laughs> no, these guys usually come with either a riff or a melody to practice, okay. usually maybe a verse chorus, and mm -hmm. we just kind of progress from there. As far as their lyrical writing, I don't, I don't really know how much they've progressed once they brought it to us, but like we have a song coming up on this new album that Cassandra was actually out of town for. So it was just us three guys practicing and it was just, we pretty much wrote the instrumentation of the song in like one practice. And I don't think you had, or did you have lyrics at that point? I don't know if you did or not. I had a few notes, but, but that was it. Yeah. yeah. So it's really kind of a toss up 50, 50, I would say. Yeah. Like for me, I mean, when I'm writing a song, a lot of the times it comes from just like singing little ditties in my head. Like I'll come across a word that is inspiring, like you said, and then start singing that word or singing that phrase. And then that just kind of branches out into everything else that comes with it. And then, you know, you just kind of try to build from there. But a lot of the time, you know, you have like killer riffs or like the further record riff. That was just a little thing that I was playing at practice one time and it turned into the whole song for the record. So I feel like it just is all the different ways. <laughs> well, and that's probably the best way to keep the creative fresh because then you don't have to wait 
on either side. It can, it can come from either side. And, yeah. you know, I, I know a little about writing song, right? Songs. I, I know enough to know that half the time you come up with something and you realize two thirds of the way into the song, it's not good. So, you know, <laughs> that's, that's, it's probably better that you have both sides so that you're always fusing ideas together. No, yeah, definitely. Everybody works in tandem, all four of us to improve whatever we're working on. So I don't think any song has been written independent of any one of us. Okay. Yeah. Like yeah. every single one of them has been collaborative. I mean, yeah. like, I feel like our songs would definitely suck if it was just the way I wrote them. Like, That's true. They, they need collaboration. It's true. Right on. So lame compared to what they are now. And that's what's so cool about our music, I think, is you've got so many awesome ideas going on at the same time that really mesh together well. Sure. Are the songs still changing? Because I know musicians, you guys are never satisfied. Are the, song, are the songs from Street Magic that I can listen to, are they different now the way that you play them live? We're, we're always doing that. Like we yeah. were actually just, the last show we did, Cassandra was like, why don't, why don't we do this to the ending of this song? It's, it's a, from our new album. Yeah. And so we literally have played this song like once live before and all of a sudden we're changing it all. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even out yet. And I'm like, I think we should actually extend this four measures and yeah, it never stops. You're true. right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Very cool. Well, um, let, let's, let's, let's go backwards a little bit here. Let's go to 2021. You put out street magic. Great record. I mean, really catchy and hooky without being soft that's the way i i would present it to people thanks that being said you guys couldn't have picked a worse time to put it out if you if you tried you know right dead smack in the middle of the pandemic why did you decide to put it out and were there at least conversations about let's hold it in you know at that time we didn't know how long it was going to last did you contemplate holding it to see well maybe we'll wait till we can go out and play it i mean honestly it lined up for us i know there was a lot of craziness going on in the world in the music industry at that time but where we were as far as writing as far as playing shows everything kind of lined up for us so we decided to take a chance and just go for it uh we wanted to work with elvis basket forever and ever and we had our chance so we wanted to go ahead and jump on that opportunity when we could even though I mean, it may not have been the absolute perfect time, but it was perfect for us. So we went ahead and just tried it out and see what would happen. Sure. And working with Elvis, I mean, he's a, he is like the hot guy now. I mean, whether it's seven dust or alter bridge or I mean, Elvis is a, is a King Yeah. for, for you guys though. I, and I'm always curious about this with any band, whether it's Megadeth or Metallica or band that's just starting out. When you work with somebody that has the, the platinum records on the wall, I have to imagine it is incredibly hard to say to him, nope, don't like what you're, what you're pitching me. I'm going to do it my way instead. <laughs> How difficult is it to do that with, with a guy like Elvis? It's not difficult at all because we never say we don't like his ideas because he doesn't have bad ideas. The guy is genius. But you know what's crazy is like, this is the first album where the producer Elvis has been more into our ideas than his own. Like every other album we've done, the producer like, well, you should cut this. You should do this. And you know, nobody's into guitar solos anymore. You need to cut that. And, um, but Elvis was just like, 
Dude, I want you to be yourselves. I want you to sound like yourselves. I don't want you to sound like me. And uh, if I find something that I can improve on, I'll let you know. But he was like very much letting the reins go. Yeah, it was really nice to like work with somebody that saw our vision and was able to just enhance it and, you know, kind of make it even tighter. So when we were in those, you know, first few days or like week of pre-production for Street Magic and for the new album coming out, like we're going through these songs and just making all these fine tunes, all of these little tweaks that just really, you mm-hmm. know, set it all off and bring it all to life. So, I mean, dude, Elvis is the man. Yeah. And give, any suggestions yeah. he have, he has, I am all ears. I'll give you an example. <laughs> like on For the Record, uh, the bridge or the pre-chorus used to be the intro. And Elvis was like, you know what? I really love that riff. What if we just started that song with... And we we're like, never thought about that. And let, let's give it a shot. And it was better, you know? Sure. Okay. Well, you, you know, it's crazy. Um, a friend of mine is uh, Mar- Mar- bleh, Mariah from um, Plush. And they, she worked with Johnny K, who's another unbelievable talent in, in his own right. And she was telling me, and she sent me some of it, that her songs were come were you know they were complete they were done they were demoed they were everything she went to johnny k and he's like nope we're gonna move this here we're gonna do the same things that you guys are saying and it came out better she said the hardest thing that she had to encounter was since she crafted them one way it took her probably six months of living with them to to perform them the right way that they finished yeah do you guys have the same thing Oh yeah. yeah, definitely. Actually, I did that exact thing on for the record uh, when we played it on New Year's Eve. I started to play it our old way with the pre-chorus as the intro, and I just had a brain fart, and I was like, "What is going on? What song is this?" And then I was that like, was "Oh yeah." Anyway, sometimes you have those little moments. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> no doubt. But, well, let's yeah. let's talk about the current single. You guys just released the single for "Dirty Love." Um, which is uh, another cool song, another great tune. Tell us a little bit about the single and about the video. Man, well, uh, Dirty Love, I wrote it um, about just a new relationship that I had. It's about kind of just getting out of a relationship that was a piece of crap and then getting into a new one and being exposed to this brand new world that you never thought existed. So that's kind of like the whole concept of the song, but uh with the music video you know it's called dirty love and you know there's a lot of different ways that you could take that you could go the way everybody's thinking um or you could go the paralandra route and take it literally into actual dirt and so we made a mud pit tug of war and uh we have us versus different versions of ourselves um or different career paths we could have taken and just like fighting it out. And uh, there's all different versions there. It's hilarious. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so it's just kind of about like, who are you gonna, who are you gonna be? Who's gonna win? You know, which version of yourself is gonna be the one that ends up on top. So. Right on. Well, why don't we do this? Let's take a little bit of a break. We'll give people a taste of Dirty Love right now. We'll play a little bit of the video. So stay tuned. Check out the tune. It is Dirty Love and it is Paralandra right here on Chris Aiken Presents.
Right back here on Chris Aiken Presents, we are talking with the fine folks of Paralandra. Their album from 2021 is Street Magic, which is out there on all your streaming services. I'm going to say don't stream it. For God's sakes, do not stream it. Buy it. And I'm going to start right there. Yes. Where? Please tell everybody where to buy it. I, I And I'm kidding a little about the streaming. Go listen to it to understand it. But buy it. Buy merch. Help these guys. Where do we tell them to go? Paralandrarocks.com. That's right. Get <laughs> you your get merch. Everything. There we go. And what kind of merch can they find over there? Dude, shirts, cups, caps, hoodies, bracelets, wristbands. Posters. Shoehorns. <laughs> our logo on it. We'll do it. nice <laughs> very cool i i do i do tell everybody that and you know for, for one main reason because the streaming thing they make it so impossible for you guys to make a living doing it it's just it's it's, it's stupid i mean make a living doing it streaming we sure can't do yeah. it. You know what I'm saying? But uh, I mean, it's good to get the to get the music out there. But truly, uh, bands are falling, you know, like flies right now because the only way we can make money is, uh, like you said, merch or uh, ticket sales. You know, uh -huh. shows. So appreciate yeah. that. Absolutely. Well, and, and you know, the the thing is, is not only is streaming difficult, you know, to make your money. But then you don't get all your money. And I only know this because I, I do a business on the side with um, that. That's what we do is help artists find their royalties. And there's so, you know, there's so much that you guys don't get that you should be getting, which is a whole can of worms. I could tell you at a different time if you're interested in that. But it's just amazing to me that this industry, this industry doesn't understand that it's killing itself by not, by not teaching bands or showing you or just doing for you like they did in the old days in the old days you know of course every band will tell you they got ripped off but let's face it they got ripped off after cashing a 2.5 million dollar check you know <laughs> yeah you know kind of ripped off yeah. yeah now it's you know you guys can generate a million streams and get a check for that won't pay for dinner and it's wow. crazy it's just nuts but you know that's that is what that is but well let's, let's let's go on to actual playing shows because you guys have played some very high profile stuff you guys have played in front of a lot of great bands you've played at festivals i i personally am a little bit torn for bands like yourselves as far as getting out in front of big bands because with the attention span the way people are today you get a lot of people that sit in the parking lot drinking beer instead of coming in and learning new bands for you guys. What are you seeing? Are the shows in front of big bands helpful? Do you get a lot of guys with their arms crossed and are just like, when does Allison chains come on? God damn it. You know, no. you know, <laughs> what, what are you guys seeing when you, when you get out there? Well, dude, honestly, we love being the underdogs and, yeah. Uh, I mean, not to be, 
you know, braggy or anything, but we win over every single crowd that we play for. And I mean, like when we played with Warrant in Sparks, Nevada, a couple months ago, uh, it was for this huge brat fest or something. Rib fest. Rib fest. Rib fest. That's right. Okay. Uh, anyways, crazy huge event, like thousands and thousands of people walking through there. Whenever we went on, I mean, there was a couple hundred people like kind of scattered around, but by at least halfway through our set, it was packed, like at least a thousand people. And I mean, literally people just come in and they eat it up. They love it. So I love being the underdog. I love going on first because no one is expecting what we're about to put on. So plus we're just performers. I mean, you've never seen us live, but yeah. yeah. So you, it's one of those things you just got to be there and experience to really understand. But sure. Is it, is it difficult to, is there one crowd, I guess that's more difficult than the other? I, I mean, warrant just doesn't seem like the crowd I would expect to see you guys at. I would expect to see you more in front of, I don't know, the warning or hailstorm or, you know, uh, those sort of bands. We played in front of a lot of different sounds. We played in front of the heaviest of the heavy metal bands. We played in front of indie bands. We've had openers that are, you know, country rock, rockabilly type stuff. We have all kinds of different genres that either play before us, play after us, play with us, whatever it is. And it always seems like if you're just a music fan, you like music. So even though they may be a favorite of a different genre, if we play well, they're going to enjoy it. At least that's yeah. what we hope to achieve. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like our, our genre of rock too is just like, it's very uh, versatile and people that lean on the heavier side, like they'll still like our heavy riffs and maybe we'll be a little bit lighter than they're used to. Or people that typically don't like music as heavy as ours, they really like our melodies and the message and stuff. Um, so I feel like it's a really nice middle ground where, I mean, we can play with, like you said, like black metal or like pop or, you know, like Southern rock or something. So right on. Yeah. Now, now, Cassandra, I'm gonna throw this one straight to you. Um, I, I chatted yesterday with Doro Pesh, and um, you know, she's she's obviously maybe the for women, she is probably the one in hard rock, heavy metal that kicked the door open 40 years ago or whatever. Right. That being said, I couldn't give her that compliment. She wouldn't take it. She was just like, "Oh, it's everybody. It's the work. It's this and that." For you, seeing how the world is today, you know women are fronting tons of bands now to where that's not a thing anymore. It's really not a thing anymore. It's not surprising when you see that, but when you look at it, you know, now do you still feel like you have to perform better, work harder, be better just because, you know, somewhere maybe deeper in deep psychology, people are still hanging on to that. I mean, at the beginning of this band, it was definitely something that annoyed me because like sound guys would just assume that my guitar was a prop and that I didn't actually play it. Like, they'd be like, oh, you want me to mic your amp? Why? Like, cause I play the guitar. <laughs> but uh, anyways, I think that over the years, you know, we've kind of made a name for ourselves. but even people that haven't heard of us, like they just have a little bit more respect for women nowadays. And so it's not really a question anymore. And honestly, I just feel like another person in the industry. It's not really like a male or female thing. You know, it's just, we're a bunch of people out here trying to do our best. And 
you know, me personally, I am a very driven person. So just already I have a fire inside of me that's wanting to do better and go harder and make things bigger. So that's not really driven by, well, I'm a female, so I got to work harder. Right. It's just like me as a person. I need to work harder. I need to do better. So, um, yeah, I'm. I don't really pay attention to the whole male female thing in the music industry. It it doesn't make a difference for me. <laughs> if you're good, if you're good, you're good. That's it. Right. Agree. Let's talk a little bit about touring itself. Um, obviously it's it's a different animal than it was even three years ago with a lot less places to play, four to six dollars a gallon of gas. Yeah. You know, it, it's you know, it's just, it's harder to get, to get gigs, you know, a lot more Monday gigs being offered than Saturday gigs. You know, there there's, it just seems like it's harder. How is it for you guys to get out there? Is it extremely difficult or do you have to kind of sit back and wait for a tour, a package that you can get on? Do you have to buy on? I mean, what is the environment these days? It's kind of all the above, honestly. Um, a lot of venues are struggling and we try to keep that in mind like this is a this is a partnership when you're talking about a band and a venue you know and we realize that and we have venues that i mean we'll have shows that get canceled because the venue's just like yeah we're just not making money um we had a new year's eve show booked earlier in 2023 and it got canceled because they shut down like mm -hmm. and it was a big really nice venue so um you know, we we try to keep that in mind, and and it is tougher. It is tougher to book. We usually book our own tours, though we're with uh, an agency that will put us on the bigger things, like the mo more high profile festivals, and like this thing we're getting ready to do in Key West, um, the Rock Island. Mm -hmm. You know, they hook us up with a lot of that stuff, and so it's really great to have those guys helping us out. Um, but yeah, it, it's tough, dude. It's it's tough. And uh, like you said, with the gas, uh, we're out there just driving it out. <laughs> yeah. Dude, yeah. We were in California a couple months ago. And what was the highest we saw? Like uh, 750 seven, or 760, seven, somewhere yeah. like, like that. 760 a gallon. I mean, literally just murder. And we were sure <laughs> to stop there and fill up. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> on an empty tank. <laughs> there wasn't another oh, gas station man. for 300 miles. <laughs> uh, that, that's almost like putting out the sign that says don't come to california i mean good lord uh, that's so expensive uh, it's true it's not like they pay you better out there you just suffer more with more sun yeah. <laughs> what yeah. what you guys can answer this or you can politely say pass and i'm fine with that but since we're talking about venues what do you guys think about venues taking that percentage off for you guys for for shirts and merch and stuff oh, dude, it's it is literally robbery. It makes no sense. It is the dumbest thing that they could possibly do, and I hate it. Give us a percentage of your bar, and we'll give yeah. you a percentage of our T-shirts. You want a percentage of our yeah. shirts? Give me a percentage of every cocktail you make tonight. Yeah. Right? Make them. <laughs> yeah, it, it is robbery. It is unlawful, and we don't appreciate it. Yeah, it's. I, I agree with you fully. I, I couldn't believe when bands started telling me about this, you know, it's, it just, I get it. The like you guys said, the venues are struggling, but you know what, if, if they don't have anybody on the stage, they're not open. 
So right. why take, why take, and you guys are playing for crumbs. I mean, not you necessarily, just bands in general. The biggest yeah. bands that come to their clubs, you know, if you go to a casino show and they're getting paid big band, if it's, I don't know, rat or somebody, and they're getting paid $30,000, by the time you divide all that out and take out the flights and take out the hotels and take everything out, they're making not minimum wage, but they're making a whole lot less than a band with 40 years of success should be making a lot less than you would yeah. think. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, then, it's a holdover from that era though, from the era of the eighties and, mm -hmm. and before the holdover when they were making tons of money on physical distribution, which right. that's not the case anymore. And so there's some of these venues that kind of take advantage of that old grandfathered way of doing things, you know? So, um, yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous. And we've been in that situation where we've been, uh, you know, touring with a larger act and we're just the opening act. And this particular venue, they take a percentage, even from the uh, headlining artists, they take a percentage of merch and it's just, uh, yeah, they need to be called out on it. Yeah. Some venues, like you said that some venues that are struggling take percentages. We've played for plenty that are doing just fine to take percentage. Oh, Usually yeah. the bigger ones are the ones that want your merch cut. That true. is true. It's yeah. true. It's never the dirt <laughs> venues that no. want your merch cut. It's no. always the fancy places that are doing fine. Yeah. <laughs> remain nameless. Yeah. And that's why they're doing fine because they're robbing <laughs> you guys to do it, I guess. Jeez. Yeah. That is, it, it's just, a, it's just such bad business. I mean, just, yeah. just in general, that's how do you, how do you charge your town? That would be like charging your waiter you know, 20 to 20% 20 of his pay to, to serve in order to serve food. It doesn't make any sense, but somehow, yeah. but again, this industry, anything's possible because Lord knows that's how it's always been. Oh yeah. I still keep getting surprised. So <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. When we catch up with you guys two years from now, where will you be? What level will you be at? And what will it take? for you to consider the album that we're going to hear soon to be successful in your eyes, whatever successful is. Mm, wow. That's a tough two question. Two years. Dakota. Dakota. You've got the answer to that, right? You've got the answer. Well, I know that as long as we don't stay stagnant or we don't like rest on our laurels, I kind of get annoyed whenever bands find success and then just keep milking that success years and years down the road, instead of trying new things or growing. So I think for me, I would just like to see us grow in every different direction. I think that's pretty much the biggest goal for us is just to keep growing, never stay stagnant, never go backwards. So I know that's not very specific, but as long as we just keep improving and growing as a unit, I think that's most important for me. Maybe another album. Who knows? I mean, this guy's hair will get longer. Yeah. That's one of my goals. Yeah. If this album can take me from bologna sandwiches to ham sandwiches, I will be content. <laughs> from hot dogs to brats. Yeah. <laughs> very good. Well, well, very cool. Um, let's let's do the plugs real quick here. Where where should we tell people one more time to go to keep up with you guys? Tour dates. You know, the talk a little bit about Rock Island and, you know, any other big ones that you've got coming up that you want people to know about, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, you can find everything Paralandra related on our website, paralandrarocks.com. You can find our music, tour dates there, merch. You can pre order the new album as well as a bunch of other really cool things on there. 
but definitely go check us out on all the streaming flat platforms as well, because we're on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music, all those things. Um, and then lastly, I would highly recommend checking out our YouTube channel. We have a lot of really great music videos. They are highly entertaining and I highly recommend them. <laughs> That's true. We don't phone any of those videos in. I mean, we take great pride in our music videos. Yeah. <laughs> they are the funnest part of this band. Very cool. Well, guys, I figured we'd wrap this one up with the video for For the Record. Uh, great video. Um, we'll share that with everybody. What can you tell us about the song and the video to wrap it up? For the record, I wrote years and years ago uh, when we were first starting in this band. And, you know, we just kept getting told we needed to change. We needed to, you know, I needed to lose weight. Um, they already had a Lizzie Hale, so find something else to do. You know, we just kept telling, being told that just we weren't good enough and we weren't enough and enough, you know, just in all different areas of the band. Um, so anyways, I just wrote this song out of my frustration at the music industry and just said, you know what? I'm perfect the way I am. And for the record, I'm not changing for anybody. And so far that has proven to be extremely successful for me and for this band. So I wanna spread that message to everybody else out there to just be who you are. Don't let anybody else tell you otherwise. Right on, makes a lot of sense to me. So let's uh, let's do it right now. Let's play it. It is for the record. It is Paralander. And guys, thanks so much for joining me here on Chris Aiken Presents. AudioBase Studios is your one-stop shop for all your recording needs. Whether you're a musical artist, podcaster, want to record an audiobook, or have any other audio or video needs, they can all be met at AudioBase Studios. Recording is available 24-7 to accommodate your time requirements. 
Audio Base Studios is conveniently located at 605 Clague Parkway in Bay Village, Ohio. Visit us online at www.audiobasestudios.com or call us today at 440-539-1150.